Welcome to the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and I'm joined by Will Shelton and Brad Shepard. It's been an another eventful week on Rocky Top, despite the team not playing a game last weekend. Uh, the big news right now, of course, is the announcement that Jarrett Garantano will be making his first start this week against South Carolina. There was also a nearly simultaneous report that Quentin Dormady was reconsidering his future with the program, although he was actually at practice shortly after that announcement. And then today, Butch Jones has said that Dormady is disappointed but handling the news well. So at least for now, Garantano is starting and Dormady is still on the team. We also received news this week that defensive end Daryl Taylor has been suspended indefinitely following the fight he had last week at practice with with offensive lineman Trey Smith, a fight that ended with stitches for Trey Smith's face. All of this in an absolutely huge week for Butch Jones as he tries to right the ship as it sails into a showdown with an improved South Carolina team coached by Will Muschamp, who has never lost to Tennessee under Butch Jones, despite actually losing quite a few games in his uh, short career. So let's uh, start with the quarterback news. What's your uh, take, Will, on uh, the Garantano slash Dormady news this week? I think Butch is doing kind of what you have to do uh, at this point in time. I, people who are smarter than me, people who I think have, have been around things and, and kind of know, um, I, I saw folks like Brian Rice on Twitter said this, uh, and I've seen it a couple other places, that Let's say Tennessee goes 10-2 and two last year and they win the East. Maybe even if they go 9-3 and three and they go to the Sugar Bowl. If you've got some equity, if you've got some collateral built up, then maybe if you're Butch Jones, you feel more free to just roll out Garantano against Georgia Tech. I think that the belief that Garantano has a higher ceiling is accurate. But I also think they played Dormady for a reason. I think Dormady was the guy that gave them the best chance to win right now and Garantano is probably the guy that gives them the best chance to win long term but I think it's clear Dormandy is not giving them enough of a chance to win right now you can you can point to some of those situations uh, against Florida down there where he really hurt him so at this point I think it is kind of even though Butch Jones he really really needs to win on Saturday I think making that change is is something that is almost necessary, not just from a perception standpoint or a change for the sake of change standpoint, but you got to start going with, uh, with with something that can turn this thing and turn this momentum in a different direction. So uh, I'm I'm not surprised. I thought actually I thought the most surprising thing about it was that Butch Jones actually admitted that that's what they were going to do. You know, he's so <laughs> close to the vest on have we have an organizational chart? We don't have a depth chart and. You know, so-and-so has a, a lower extremity injury or whatever. So I thought it was particularly noteworthy and, and noteworthy in a good way that he said that Garantano actually was going to get the start. I think Quentin Dormandy did what, what is he, 20, 21 years old? I think he did what a 20 or 21-year-old would do probably in that situation, which is first to say, screw this, I'm out. And then <laughs> to have um, older, wiser, I think Jimmy Himes yesterday made the point that Dormandy's dad is a high school coach. And I think, you know, can kind of help talk some sense into that situation that he's not only is he still going to have an opportunity to compete for the job. Look, Garantano, he could come out there and throw four interceptions in the first half. I mean, Dormandy could could play immediately. We saw this when um, when they pulled the trigger on Nathan Peterman in Bush Jones third game. Peterman didn't even make it out of the second quarter against Florida in 2013 before they went back to Justin Worley. So 
Um, I, I'm sure people have explained that to Dormady. And the other thing about Dormady is he's not a redshirt freshman. Dormady's a junior. So if you're going to transfer somewhere else, you know, your options are really limited. You would be going somewhere else and basically saying, I've got one year to try to make a name for myself in, in a brand new situation and a brand new system. So uh, I, it's just kind of, I think the thing with the quarterbacks is I, I just, I kind of get it. I understand all the way around the way the decisions are made and I understand the reactions. Uh, and now it'll just be, you know, let's, let's see what Garantano's able to do. The le- the length of the leash is the most interesting question to me. If Garantano comes out and he really struggles early against South Carolina, how long until they put Dormady back in the game? How do you manage that situation in the midst of a million other situations that seem like they need to be managed right now? That, to me, is the most interesting piece of the puzzle. Really even more interesting than how well Garantano plays. Um, I, I think that is really something to watch on Saturday. Yeah, one of the interesting things is when we when we have these quarterback battles, a lot of times uh, we end up sort of comparing apples and oranges. So one guy gets in against really tough teams, and then they go with another guy for the back half of the season, and you know he looks awesome, but it's also partly because he's playing different teams, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think Garantano, I think either quarterback is probably going to look better against South Carolina than they did against Georgia, you know, and I'm not sure that that's entirely fair, uh, but it is what it is, you know. That was the Matt Sims, Tyler Bray thing, right, in 2010, where they didn't put Tyler Bray in meaningful action until we were at the South Carolina game back when South Carolina was the last weekend of October instead of the second weekend of October. Yeah, and then Bray got to mop up against Tennessee was two and six, and I uh, I remember at the time when they put Bray in that game that Tennessee was in that game. Um, I was actually at that game. Tennessee was was in that game, and Sims hadn't played that poorly. There'd been some fumbles, and I was really upset that they made the change because I thought they were giving they were not giving themselves the best opportunity to win. And then Bray got to, I'm not suggesting that Sims was better than Bray by any means, but Bray got to finish the rest of the year against Ole Miss, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and like Memphis maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and we won all those games and got to a bowl game, and that was uh, the, to their great credit. But, you know, look, somebody's got to take snaps against Alabama next week. So it's, <laughs> it's a different kind of situation. Um, I remember four, four years ago, yeah, when, when Dobbs had to come in. And Dobbs' first start, he had to come in in the second half against an Alabama team that was already up 35. But then his first starts at Missouri, a year Missouri is a top five team. Then he had to roll back and play Auburn the very next week. And, you know, the week leading up to that first start, people were saying, well, I know he's not going to be Michael Vick, but maybe he'll be this. It's like, no, he's he's brand new going against a really good team. Um, so these guys, and I may write a little bit about this later this week, but Dobbs, Peterman at Florida, yep. Justin Worley against South Carolina in 2011 in his first start. Uh, th- these were not aesthetically pleasing football games. Uh, and in particular, Peterman and Dobbs, Peterman in his first start against Florida, Dobbs at the end of that year in 2013 against Vanderbilt. Those are two of the worst single game performances I've ever seen by a Tennessee quarterback. Uh, and both those guys are in the NFL now. So yeah. if, if Garantano looks awful on Saturday – it doesn't mean that he has to be awful. Because what's also true is one of these guys is probably going to be the quarterback for Tennessee next year, regardless of who the coach is. I know they've got freshmen coming in, but like whether it's Dormandy or Garantano, 
whoever, there's Butch Jones or John Gruden or whoever, Tennessee needs a quarterback uh, next season too. And, and so uh, I wouldn't write off anybody. I wouldn't totally write off Dormandy at Tennessee just yet, but I certainly wouldn't write off Garantano based on how he does or doesn't look against South Carolina. But I, I agree. Hopefully it's it's a little bit better than, uh, than Dormandy got to look against Georgia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is Peterman, the only time we saw him take snaps as a Tennessee quarterback was in that was in the swamp, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he uh, <clears throat> he took the first two drives against Alabama in uh, in 2014 when uh, <laughs> when it's, uh, no, it's it's really fair to him that he got to play against Florida and against Alabama. Uh, they when Worley got hurt against Ole Miss in 14. Peterman was the starter in that 2014 Alabama game where Alabama was up, you know, 27 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And then Dobbs got in and got him going and Tennessee ultimately only lost that game by two touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, his, his sample size at Tennessee was, uh, was a little bit unfair. Um, so you'll, you'll get a, if, unless Garantano gets hurt, getting to see him against South Carolina, never mind what he does against Alabama, but then getting to see him against Kentucky against Missouri, some of these teams, I think you'll have a little better sense on him. Yeah, I don't know if you saw Spencer's uh, emotions video this week, uh, but he suggested that SEC West teams, and really any team that has to play Alabama every year, they they get one quarterback just for that game, just some guy <laughs> named Dave, and let him play that because he's a great guy. you know. And then, you know, you never see him again. But, well, we're really close to a, um, if, if this did go south with Dormady leaving the team, it reminds me of a, the 2008 situation where you had Crompton and, uh, and Nick Stevens, and they were both in the claw fence, so they were both terrible. Yeah. And then we had B.J. Coleman that was the walk-on that everybody oh, yeah. thought, let's put, the team loves him, let's put him in. He'll He's got an great. awesome handshake. Right, right. And, you know, so Tennessee's got Will McBride there, who is, who is you know, just a couple snaps away maybe from, from so maybe they play Will McBride against uh, against Alabama. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, you, you, you don't want to – that would be the, the, the most unfair thing would be for Garantano to play decent football on Saturday and Tennessee wins and then people to create expectations for him against Alabama. Um, I, I, yeah, don't, don't even that, – that's just uh, – an outlier game to begin with, regardless of the way things have gone for Tennessee this year. Brad, let me get your thoughts on all that. I think Tennessee had to do this. I mean, I think that at this point, the, the Dormady experiment wasn't working, and he's, he's not a fit for the offense as long as – I mean, if, if they're going to – you know, kind of one of the things that Butch has shown over the course of his time at Tennessee is that, you know, Tennessee is going to run Butch Jones's offense – um, by gosh, pretty much just, you know, doesn't matter what kind of personnel they have. I mean, this is what we're going to run. And, and um, Dormady didn't fit it, you know, and if you don't ever keep it on a read option, then it's, it's tough to run the read option. And so, and, and uh, you know, Dormady also had, has really struggled with his accuracy and, and just really struggled period. So Tennessee had to do something different. Is, is Garantano the answer? I mean, I, you know, he's completed, 50% of his passes for 56 yards so far this year. So I don't think anybody can say definitively he is, but you know, how does he prepare knowing he's going to be the guy? How does he prepare having, you know, a, a, a couple of weeks going as if he's going to be the starter and, and preparing that way. It could be, it could make all the difference in the world. Everybody knows the kid is super talented. 
Um, he's obviously not seasoned, and the only way to, to do that is to throw him in there in, in a game, and it's kind of going to be a, a baptism by fire. This is a pretty good South Carolina team that even though they've had some struggles um, at points in time this year, they kind of got things um, back on track a little bit against Arkansas last week, and they can make some things happen. Um, and, and, you know, they it's 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 not going to be an easy game for Tennessee. So I'm not surprised that Garantano is, is the guy. I am a little bit surprised that, you know, it was kind of shrouded in secrecy over the last couple of days, given what, you know, the, the press conference, the Butch's comments, and the, the garbage depth chart he released. And, you know, as far as the Normandy stuff goes today, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad he was at practice this afternoon. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, I think it's a typical reaction for, for a, a disappointed kid to, you know, make a knee jerk kind of decision. If, if there was ever any you know question about it, which I know Brent hubs came out and said that he was contemplating his future. I mean, that that's only natural, you know, in this, in this day and age of Twitter and, you know, everybody's feelings kind of being out there. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that we as the public get a glimpse into, you know, the, the frustrations the, the sadness, the anxieties of 20 year old kids, but that's kind of what it is. And you know, Quentin's disappointed because you know, he's a, he's a competitor. You know, that this season has not gone the way he's expected. And, you know, he's, he's probably, he's probably, you know, disappointed in himself. He's probably disappointed in Butch and the offense and just kind of the way things have gone. Because I think that, you know, he's kind of the square peg that's being thrust into the round hole right now. And, it, and it's, it's, it's tough because he, he doesn't really fit this kind of system. And a kid that's that talented, that's got that much, you know, that, that big of an arm, you know, he's got to be thinking, you know, well, what, what if I would have gone somewhere else? Or what if, you know, I would have had an, an opportunity to run a pro style offense and all of which are valid questions, but you know, it, it's tough because he's part of this team and, you know, and it, it, I'm glad that, like I said, he, he came back out and and is going to compete because that's important. And I think that everybody who follows Tennessee football knows very well that, you know, that Butch is in win or else mode right now. And so if you're Dormady, um, why not stick around? Because who knows what's going to happen next year? So, um, you know, I, it's, 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 a, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I, on one hand – you get frustrated that your quarterback, your leader, you know, kind of a guy that's an upperclassman that really should be helping hold the the locker room together is, um, you know, a, a guy that is being rumored to potentially quit. But, you know, nobody melts down quite like Tennessee, and we're we're kind of seeing that the last the last couple of weeks. I mean, nobody, no fan base really eats our own like the Vols, and no no team seems to to melt down as, as much as we do when it, when it comes to that point in time. So we're just kind of all kind of cringing and wondering what's next right now. And the only way to stop that is to win football games. Do you have a guess as to whether that's going to stick? You think he'll, he'll, uh, he'll stick around. I think if Butch, I think if Butch sticks around, he, he probably won't. Um, just, just because I mean, but you know, that's a guess because yeah. I don't know. If it's more, I don't know if it's more frustration because he was yanked in favor of Garantano, or if it's more frustration because he's been so bad in this offensive scheme 
that you know that that he's not going to get a, an opportunity really you know to kind of showcase his talents before it comes time for him to to get drafted or not get drafted so you know i i just i think that there's <clears throat> well i know that there's some dissension in that locker room right now and and you know and their issues as we've seen with the fights and that kind of stuff and so it's really tough to say right now and 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 when you when you when you talking when you're talking about a coaching situation that's kind of in limbo for better or worse um as everybody knows at this point you know you're really kind of talking about a locker room in turmoil you're talking about players and recruits that are that are kind of wondering what's next and and it's it's a difficult situation for everybody so <clears throat> you know it's very easy to to get on Twitter and joke around and have 140 word quip or letter quips. Everybody knows. I mean, I, I do that. And a lot of people, you know, everybody else does that, but we are talking about, you know, we're not just talking about multimillion dollar coaches here. We're talking about lives and, and these decisions impact a lot of lives. And so when you want to trash a, a 20 year old kid for being frustrated, you know, that he's was expected he'd be the big man on campus and now all of a sudden he's relegated to second string you have to remember how you were when you were 20 and it's it's tough it's it's tough on him and and that's the nature of the beast that's that's big time college football that's why the coaches make the big bucks that's why kids get their scholarships paid for but the bottom line is is that it's it's just a difficult situation and it's a difficult situation for everybody so you wrote a couple of days ago um that you're sort of warning everyone not to get too carried away with the uh, sort of fantasy that we have about Garantano, that he's not Josh Dobbs. Uh, how much difference do you think that it might be able to make uh, first this weekend and then maybe long term? Uh, how high do you think the guy's ceiling is? I mean, I think his ceiling is, is, is very high. I mean, I think he's he's got all the talent in the world. I think that he's raw from a passing standpoint. I also don't think that he's quite as good in the open field as Dobbs is running football. And so those are things that that you know, obviously also from a decision making standpoint, I, I I think that we've seen in the very limited um, the very limited reps that he's gotten that you know he 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 kind of tucks and runs a little bit quick more a little bit quicker than we would like rather than just kind of let plays unfold a little bit so you know he's got he's got all the tools the tools are raw and um you know let's face it he's 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 an immature kid as that first game pointed out too so um you know i think that 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 there are definitely going to be some growing pains and he's going to take some lumps in these first couple of games because i do not think that he's a seasoned person ready to to come in and, and break out and you know, be a star. I don't think he is. I think he's got the the abilities and the talent to be a star at some point, depending on what kind of development he gets. Um, and depending on, you know, how they can fit this, this um, fit his talents to this scheme. And, and, and as we all know, I think it's, it's not a stretch to say that he fits this scheme a lot better than Dormady does. So, you know, maybe, maybe Larry Scott, tailors it a little bit more toward him maybe we see a little more read option maybe we see a little more quarterback keepers this week and high percentage passes and and kind of get back to the things that that made Dobbs such a weapon and and, you know as I said you know and you said Garantano's not Dobbs but I think if you get back 
to a little bit of of kind of the things that this offense does well, then you know maybe maybe things change. But um, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to hit some lulls. He's going to get down on himself. He's going to get sacked some. You know he's going to he's going to make some mistakes. I mean it's going to be it's going to be kind of a, a you know a, a growing type situation. And unfortunately for us, and unfortunately for Butch's regime, he has to grow in this kind of microscope environment because everybody, every play, every mistake is going to be dissected and, you know, the the results on the field could ultimately impact your head coach and all of your assistants. So it's a tough situation for a redshirt freshman to be in, but it's a situation that Tennessee's kind of created for itself and and here we are, you know, and it's a it's not only a must win for Tennessee to kind of put to to bed some of this frustration and all these rumors and stuff. It's, it's, it's really a must win for Butch and his, and his tenure, or, you know, I'm not sure who's going to be coaching when the Alabama game comes. So, you know, I don't think that's hyperbole at all. I think it's, it's really kind of gotten to that point and, you know, we're all just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop just to kind of use an old cliche. So it's, it's where we are, and it, it's it's a position that absolutely no Tennessee fan wanted to be in. But you know, at, at this point in time, you're you're kind of pinning your hopes on a redshirt freshman quarterback and hoping everything falls into place. And that's that's a tough place to be in. All right. We also learned uh, this week that uh, Butch Jones has suspended Daryl Taylor uh, indefinitely for the fight uh, against uh, Trey Smith last week. Um, how big of a loss do you think that is for this game? Uh, I I think not insignificant. I think they've gotten good play from Kyle Phillips. Uh, there's so much negativity and and just so much of a so much of the conversation is about coaching right now that I feel like the the good things that Tennessee has done here and there kind of get overlooked. I think Phillips is is playing better. They need more from Kongbo and they they need more from some younger guys that haven't gotten opportunities or haven't made those opportunities, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's somebody that has has made some impact and created some havoc in the defensive line, and because we haven't seen it from other defensive ends other than Kyle Phillips this year, and we didn't get to see a lot of these guys play last year because you had Derek Barnett and two seniors in the lineup, um, you know that that's just kind of a big unanswered question. So we may by the third quarter of the South Carolina game we may realize hey Tennessee misses Daryl Taylor a lot. Um, so I, I I don't know. I would say not insignificant, not a not a suspension that makes me think it's going to be the difference between winning and losing or anything like that. But um, again, it's a tough tough spot for Butch Jones to be in. Um, tough spot anytime you've got to make a disciplinary decision on a player you think can really help you. Um, but with everything else, like I say, that's kind of swirling around Tennessee right now. I think that's Butch probably trying to regain some control or some composure. Makes you wonder too, you know. Nigel Warrior didn't get suspended for um, causing Shy Tuttle to fall on his helmet or or whatever that situation was <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that again, I don't know anything. I'm just guessing, but that makes me wonder: was it something about the way Nigel Warrior handled the situation versus the way Daryl Taylor handled it? Taylor was going to be suspended for the first half anyway, right? Against uh, yeah. against South Carolina for the fight. So I, I don't I don't know how similar those two situations are, but. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, not not a player that, that you look at and say, well, that's not going to hurt Tennessee at all. Brad, your thoughts on that? It's a really big loss. I mean, you know, from a standpoint of, of getting to the passer, I'm especially considering that um, Bentley is, is the best quarterback that we've faced so far this year. Um, I think that, that pressuring him is a is a, a major part of the game plan. And, you know, when you've got Corte Sapp kind of playing as well as he's played at times, um, you know, he might be able to get to the quarterback and you'd kind of hope that Taylor would be able to get to him on the other side because Kongbo's not really generated that much of a pass rush this year. So now that just makes Kyle Phillips really have to have to have a big game. And, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's disappointing also, you know, just because – it's it's frustrating that that it's gotten to the point to where I mean fights happen in practice I mean I, I you know I, I mean there there were uh, there was a time when you know Albert Hainsworth stormed off the field came broke a broom handle and Fulmer had to get in the way because he was going to go after Will Offenhusel and it was like the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever witnessed I mean I totally that kind forgot of stuff, about that yeah yeah it was it was insanity. But it was the, that was actually the first day that I ever covered football practice for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, but a long time ago. But, I mean, so those things happen. Emotions run high. But the fact that nobody got in there and stopped it before, you know, it got out of hand is something that, that I, I can't understand because, like I said, I've, I've seen it happen before, and Coach Fulmer made it a point to get over there and make sure that nothing that nothing happened. And – where, where was where were the coaches here? Where were the the teammates? And that's a that's a frustrating thing. So not only is it a is it a, a really big time loss on the football field, it's a big time loss because you hoped that, I mean, everybody likes that that dog in those players. I mean, you you like that that meanness that that Derek Barnett had. You like that that you know that the way that Jawan Jennings is when the football's in the air. Everybody liked that. You know the what what Daryl Taylor said before the the West Virginia game last year, and how he's kind of Virginia you know Tech. played with that yeah well, yeah I'm sorry Virginia Tech and played with that swagger on the field, but you want that to manifest itself in a positive way, and when it does this in a you know when something like this happens that just makes him look like a thug or it's just a thuggish thing to do whether he's a thug or not it's really disappointing and it really, it, it, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder, you know, why some of these guys can't harness that. And it, it's just, it's disappointing. It's disappointing for a, for a program that prides itself with the Vol for life program and has really done some quality things off the field in the last few years, you know, for this to happen, it, it really kind of undermines a lot of that. So Daryl Taylor's suspended and rightfully so he, his butt needs to be suspended until he realizes that what he did is unacceptable. So I'm only going off the tweets, but uh, do you have some other details that that um, suggest that it, the thing was sort of a prolonged incident and not just, you know, five or ten seconds for a play that, you know, didn't allow the coaches to come over and get everything stopped? Yeah, I mean, Butch came out and said that it, you know, I can't remember what the exact words were, but it, it did make it did make it sound like there were that there were a pattern that there was a pattern of issues. And I don't know if that means failed drug tests. I don't know if it means bad attitude or miss prep, miss classes. I, I don't know what, what it means, you know, and, but, you know, there, there, there are, you know, he, he's, Taylor's obviously got some maturity issues he needs to work through. Um, and, 
you know, when, when something like this happens and you, and, and it kind of culminates with you injuring your teammate in such a way that he needs stitches, I don't care if it's your teammate or an opponent or whatever, you know, that, that's, that's not tolerated. And, you know, quite frankly, it would not have been, it would not have been a major deal to me if Butch would have just booted him off the team because that kind of stuff is just, there's, there's no, there's no room for it. All right. Last question. Um, what are your thoughts on the South Carolina game? How do you think Tennessee's going to do right now? They are, uh, I believe, last time I looked anyway, they, uh, Tennessee was a two-point uh, favorite, which basically means that Vegas believes South Carolina's a better team given that Tennessee gets three points for being at home. So how are you feeling about the game? I think this game is a really, uh, you know, if things have completely fallen apart for Tennessee, that's going to be obvious. So if Tennessee is in shambles and the locker room is lost, South Carolina is good enough to make that obvious. And I I think if that's the case, we won't have to wonder. And by the third quarter, we'll be talking about, you know, who's, who's going to be the next coach at Tennessee. If that's not the case and, and Tennessee is um, ready to go and, and rallies together and whatever, I think this is the first of a bunch of these games down the stretch where we'll kind of figure out, you know, how how good is this particular Tennessee team? Uh, what we know for sure is that they are definitely not in Georgia's league this year. Um, besides that, I, I still don't know exactly what we know about how good this team is or how good this team can be. We know they're not good enough to compete with Georgia. We know they're not good enough to compete with Alabama. But the only other meaningful games we've seen, they beat a Georgia Tech team that hasn't lost uh, other than to us, and they should have beaten a Florida team that should have been beaten by Kentucky, handled Vanderbilt okay, you know, played LSU to the last little bit. So there is a chance that we still come to this thing in November and we say, all right, Alabama's Alabama. Georgia's pretty good, um, if not really good, and the rest of the SEC is basically – a one possession game, no matter maybe not Missouri, but the rest of the league is a one possession game when you when you kick it off, and I think that's can easily be the case with South Carolina. So, um, it, you know, that's kind of what I expect is a close, um, not a particularly sexy kind of game. I think Tennessee is going to play a lot of those games uh, the the rest of the way. So that would be my only kind of question: is are we when we see Tennessee against a team like South Carolina or a team like Kentucky? where Tennessee has the advantage in in recruiting, and I think, Joel, you did something on this uh, on our site today, um, will that advantage show up, or are we coin flipping it every time we come out there? So South Carolina's had some injury situations as, as well. Um, this is a matchup that uh, is has been close uh, every year for the last five years. That doesn't necessarily guarantee anything because Tennessee and Georgia had been even closer, and it certainly wasn't close two weeks ago. Um, but you know, if we're how this, I think will be the best test yet of how good is Tennessee. That test should have been Florida, but Tennessee hurt themselves in so many ways that I don't feel like it was an accurate assessment. So, you know, is, is this going to be a, a, a nail biting, even strength kind of battle? And can we expect that the rest of the year, or maybe, you know, Tennessee rouses it together and, and talent rises to the top. So I'll be really curious to see my money would be on a, a close, 50-50 kind of game, and a lot of those between now and the end of the year. I think Tennessee loses the football game. I mean, I, I, I was I was concerned about that game early in the season, you know, back before the season when, when Tennessee, 
you know, back when it, when everything was hunky dory and rainbows and unicorns. And now I'm I'm really I'm really now I, I really just don't think Tennessee wins. I, I don't I don't know. You know, I needed to see them kind of band together in the um, for the Georgia game after all the kind of whispers and rumors and frustrations and the all this you know the 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 Nigel Warrior shy Tuttle episode and all that. I mean, I needed to see a team that that went out there and showed, hey, you know, we're still together. We're still all in this together, and this is one unified team, and we're going to play for Butch and blah, 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 and it was the complete opposite. And instead, we've seen stuff afterwards. I really it, – it's hard from the outside in diagnosing what's going on, but I really think that this is a program in turmoil right now. And, and you know, I don't think South Carolina is. I think South Carolina – kind of righted the ship a little bit last week against Arkansas. And I, and I love Jake Bentley. I think he's a great quarterback. Will Muschamp's got Tennessee's number. And, and I, I think they're going to win the game. I really hope that I'm wrong because I, you know, I, unlike some Tennessee quote unquote fans, I don't, I'm not going to pull for the balls to lose. I can't, I can't find it in me to pull for him to lose just because Butch, you know, because some people think he needs to go. I mean, I just, Looking at it objectively, I haven't seen anything from Tennessee this year that leads me to believe that they can win a game against a pretty good team. And I think that South Carolina is a pretty good team right now. And, and so I think South Carolina is going to win. I think it's going to be close. And, you know, and I think Tennessee will, you know, probably score some points. But, you know, I, I just, you know, it, the, my my worry is is that Tennessee loses and it gets ugly in Neyland this this week because, you know, I, I hate the booze, I hate the fans leaving and and that kind of stuff and it's just it, it's you know it's not a pretty situation right now and so we really really need to see a win and if it's going to fall apart it needs to fall apart on the road I mean I don't want it to fall apart there at home but um. You know, it just kind of is what it is. So I, I'm 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 antsy about this weekend. I'm I'm really not looking forward to it. And you know, I just I hope I'm wrong. But I really see South Carolina coming in and you know pulling off the 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 win. And you know, then we'll see what what happens. What's next for this program? I'm not sure. You got a score prediction? Oh man, well uh, I would say, uh, let's say. 28 to 20 South Carolina. Okay. So not, uh, not a blowout. No, no. I think, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it'll be close. And I just think that, you know, South Carolina, as Will said a couple of weeks ago, they're not the same team without Debo, but they've still got some players. I mean, Brian Edwards is still a really good player. You know, they're, they're tight end. I can't think of his name right now, but he's solid player. I mean, they've got some playmakers on offense and then, you know, Bentley's really, really good, and I mean, I don't think their defense is great, but you know, I also think that Tennessee, you know, starting Garantano, who who, who knows what our defense is or what our offense is going to look like. So, um, major questions there, major questions all over the field, really, and on the sideline. Will. Uh, I haven't even thought about that. Um, I would, you know, I don't know what the over under is, but I would probably take the under with with a new quarterback for Tennessee uh, and and a new sort of uh, we don't know how how high a percentage of the offense uh, that Garantano is uh, is going to have. 
I would I would go with South Carolina at this point just because that seems to be the way things are are trending uh, for Tennessee more than anything else. South Carolina is another one. How good are these guys? You know, I don't know how good Arkansas is. I, I don't know how good um, some of these other teams are. They were South Carolina was a different team. Uh, they they had Samuel when they beat NC State. So I would I would say you know I would give South Carolina um, something like. 24 20 something like that right now again i think it'll be close 50 50 but uh it just the tea leaves of the week would make me more inclined to pick south carolina in this situation than to pick tennessee and it's one of those games too where if we get some weirdness you know uh, butch jones is fond of saying that a lot of what's gotten in tennessee's way has been catastrophic mistakes um, and I think that was true at, at Florida. Some of those mistakes were, were, again, Tennessee was the one pulling the trigger there, not not Florida <laughs> yeah. making some great play. Catastrophic but, self-inflicted injuries. Right. right. Um, but, you know, if if Tennessee um, is able to create some, some turnovers and to be opportunistic the way they were opportunistic against Georgia Tech down the stretch, um, that, that wasn't that long ago. Uh, and so... If if things come back a little bit and Tennessee's able to win the turnover battle, uh, perhaps, or to to win uh, in special teams in a way that can make a meaningful difference, uh, then then maybe this thing gets gets a little bit away. I wouldn't expect Tennessee to blow South Carolina out, but if bounces go the right way, again, I think Tennessee's the more talented team, and so winning this thing by a couple possessions wouldn't shock me either. Uh, but if you don't get a sort of fortuitous kind of day like that, then yeah, I, I think I think close. Um, a lot on the line for Tennessee, uh, and I think it will end up being kind of another close game, and we'll see if Garantano can make the difference. Well, there you have it, Vols fans. A small dose of cautious optimism for Garantano at quarterback. Concern about the pass rush against a good South Carolina team and curiosity about the dominoes that might fall based on how the South Carolina game shakes out this weekend in Neyland Stadium. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast, and we ask you to come by and check out the blog, like our Facebook page, and follow our Twitter. And so for Will Shelton and Brad Shepard, I am Joel Hollingsworth, and this has been the Game Day on Rocky Top podcast. We'll see you again next week. Go Vols!